You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Soap here. Excited to be back with a 2018 NLC Palm Beach fellow. Giselle Bodden is here. Excited to hear about life in Florida, life on the East Coast compared to the West Coast and all the progressive happenings over there. So let's get to it. All right, so we connected a little bit at NLC convention. What are your what were your thoughts about NLC convention now that we're a couple weeks removed? Yes, we did. Um, it was an awesome experience. I kind of didn't know what to expect heading there, um, but obviously getting to connect with people from other chapters across the nation, all the training sessions, um, it was definitely a rewarding experience to kind of cap off my first year in the organization. Yeah, how did you hear about NLC in the first place? Oh, well, I was kind of an oddball from my chapter. I did a bit of research because I was sort of new in the area. I had just moved back home from Thailand. I did a teach abroad over there. And I was just looking for ways to get connected to the community. So just looking for different leadership groups led me to NLC. And what was the reason for moving to Thailand? Obviously, you're going to work there teaching, but what was the desire to do it overseas? Yeah, so I'm not really a teacher by my primary profession. It's just sort of a back-end skill that I've had over time. Um, I was originally in the entertainment industry and actually spent a year out in L.A., where you are. (laughs) Um, And that kind of brought me down to Miami. My family's from Florida, or I was raised in Florida, and majority of my family lives in Honduras. So I toggle back and forth between this like Southeast region. Um, But my job in Miami, we actually had some layoffs um, just due to the company transition, moving our positions to Latin America. So with that, you know, big news, I decided to do something different and sort of reset and find out what I really needed to do next. So the intention behind going to Thailand was to really just um, have a period of reflection for myself and then also I had the opportunity to teach, so everything just sort of came together that way. Yeah. And then coming back, what was the biggest uh, reflection that you had while you were gone? What kind of things did you want to make sure you did once you got back to the States? Yeah, so that's a good question. Lifestyle was a big outstanding factor to me in all of this. Um, Miami is another big city, so it's like rush, 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 go, go, go. People are bustling, doing what they need to do. You go to Thailand, it's a completely different reality. Um, you know, you get two hour breaks as a teacher. Um, so you could spend that time, you know, with your students, but it's very casual. Um, you get a lot more time for self care, I think. Um, so coming back, that was something I definitely wanted to hold on to, especially being sort of readmitted into the bustle of the American lifestyle. Um, and then I started noticing habits and stressors and, just sort of like the nitty gritty of our day-to-day life as citizens here um, that contribute a lot to overwhelm and stress in the workplace. So part of like my personal mission has been to help employees um, regain a sense of true work-life balance and not just like tossing out the word, yes, self-care is important, but really living that message. Yeah, and that was what drew me to when we connected at convention and wanted to have you on the pod. So the work you're doing now is a lot about health and wellness, it seems. Is that a fair description or is there a better way to put it? Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, I work with the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine as a program manager. 
So there I'm really working hand in hand with expert faculty in the field of integrative medicine. So they're looking at patients from a very holistic perspective. And um, that means they're considering their lifestyle factors, what they're eating, what they're doing day in and day out, in addition to sort of like the clinical modalities of treatment. And me as a health coach, I do focus more on wellness. Um, A lot of the audience I've been working with lately one-on-one has been women and their stress and a lot to do with millennial women and insomnia that's been cropping up Mm. very often. Um, So yeah, health and wellness is definitely my target area and just looking at what's going on in your daily schedule that is kind of inhibiting you from achieving you know, sleep or having healthy eating habits or not being able to exercise. So are there one or two trends you're seeing and why millennials are having trouble sleeping? Is it habits they have right before they go to sleep? Is it habits related to their diet? What are the things that pop up the most? Yeah. So, um, I have to categorize that under general anxieties because we as like a collective group, (laughs) we're the largest like living generation. And it seems like a lot of different responsibilities are falling on us that didn't necessarily, um, we're, we're not burdens to the baby boomer generation before us. So when I say general anxieties, I'm talking about things like What's keeping you up at night being like finances, how do I afford grad school? How am I gonna get that next promotion? Um, There's obsessive comparison disorder where we're looking at people who are doing well on social media versus what's going on in our day-to-day life. Um, And just like, there's also the fear of just not being able to sleep, which I find is really interesting. Um, Not going to sleep because you're afraid of not being able to go to sleep. So then how long would you say it takes someone to get to a place of having better habits that where they can sleep or to have, uh, yeah, have, have a good sense that there's that are not necessarily contribute to the anxiety that they're having for a variety of factors that might be prohibiting sleep. How long does that take? Yeah. So it won't be like a set timeline. It'll vary by individual depending on how fast they can find their like inner peace. Um, I'd say like, if I was going to generalize it, it would be maybe three to six months is a solid range because that's a good amount of time to adopt a new habit. Be it like turning off all of your lights an hour before bed so that your brain can start processing that it's time to start shutting down the body. Um, or just not checking your phone. So again, that has to do with lighting in your general like eyesight. Um, Or just like not having as much coffee throughout the day. And I know we thrive off of our coffees. Um, But yeah, to instill better habits, it definitely takes practice and some time. So when I coach people on this, I don't insist that they take it up right away or pressure them because that becomes another added anxiety. Uh, But I do allow them to create space in their schedule, make space for this habit so that you can do it with frequency to the point where it becomes a natural activity for you. Yeah. Nice. When we come back, we'll ask to a little bit more about uh, this topic of health and wellness and maybe touch on more sleep and maybe some other things too. Thanks for listening to The Zag. We'll be right back. So Jill, as you're working on these health things, uh, you know, how do you kind of process the type of Healthcare you'd want to see in the country in general. Everyone's talking about 
Medicare for all or single payer. And as good progressives, we're usually up to date on those kind of issues to make sure everyone has that right to health care. But when you think about the kind of care that you know would benefit people the most, how does that fit into the current system or the current system that you'd want to see change it to? Yeah, that's a good question, a deep question with a lot of roots. Um, so as far as like insurance companies, we're starting to see a little bit more activity um, where people can get like the benefits from within their insurance for some of these treatments like chiropractor visits or maybe massage here and there. Um, but it's not like deeply embedded because we're operating on a conventional like Western medicine system versus a more like complementary alternative system. So <clears throat> I think what I would like to see more of is the development of wellness communities so that you're embracing this sense of well-being in your physical, like in what you can see, not just in what's happening in your body. So an example of this, um, this is sort of a luxury high-end estate that's been built here in Palm Beach. It's called the Amrit Resort. And obviously this wouldn't be affordable or accessible to everyone, but creating versions of this in sort of underserved communities, be it at a community center, where you can go in and get counseling um, for your anxieties or just get nutritional counseling. I would like to just see more on the ground initiatives um, within communities because that's where it really starts. I don't think um, insurance companies are going to take sort of the, the higher role of responsibility for this issue. Um, it's really going to begin within the community. Yeah. And then whenever I have folks from Florida on, I always ask, what do people misunderstand about Florida? <laughs> Uh, well, I think Florida is a little bit more diverse than, than what people know it as. Um, we do kind of have like three layers to us divided, just going down the state. So we have North Florida, um, that's a little bit more Southern culturally. Central Florida welcomes a lot of our tourism. And then South Florida, we have a lot of our international folks. Um, so it is a really diverse place, but also um, it, well, I guess I'll leave it there. We're more diverse maybe yeah. than people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the reason I ask it, you know, there's always so much writing on Florida politically. Uh, I think people can sometimes get too focused on the political monolith of Florida. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that it, it's there's a lot going on in different parts of the state, obviously. Mm -hmm. And a lot going on with NLC. I think it's interesting there's so many different chapters in the state for us here. In Los Angeles, we're kind of off by ourselves in Southern California. There's a good contingent of chapters up in the Bay. But uh, yeah, do you guys get a chance to interact and, and mix much with, say, an NLC in the northern part of the state or the Broward County crew or, or those folks? Yeah, so that's something I'm really looking forward to this year now being on the board um, for our chapter. Uh, during my fellow or my time as a fellow, uh, we did have a couple sessions with the Broward chapter. So I think it's great to get to know your neighbors and know that you have all this support right next door. Yeah. And then last thing, give a plug for anyone listening who might want to join the NLC Palm Beach family uh, come January 2019. What's the main reason folks should check out the program and then turn in an application before October 1st? Yeah. 
Um, anyone listening, you should join NLC because it is completely worth it. You're going to grow so much professionally, personally. You're going to be supported um, and learn more than you anticipate learning. So it's definitely worth the time and the commitment and the family that you get out of it is amazing. Sounds good. Well, listen, thanks for coming on. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. You can find all past episodes in all your favorite places to get podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, you name it. It's all there. 87 some odd episodes to check out. So thanks for listening. Some more going up later this week. So stay tuned. Until then, have a great rest of your day.